passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into the Inside Carolina Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Taylor Vipolis. Justin Jackson here, getting band back together a week from last time we did this four-man team show. Vip, I'm going to start with you um, and get your takeaways. I mean, what's Roy say? <laughs> it all looks better when it goes in the basket. Well, it went in the basket a lot today. Carolina beats Clemson by 20. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is off the top of my head, outside of the UCLA game in the tournament, I thought this was Caleb Love's best game as a Tar Heel, and you see how tough this UNC team is when you get him engaged. He's playing under control on the offensive end. He's playing with high energy on defense. He's limiting those those heat check. He had one in the second half, but even when he missed it, he, he patted himself on the chest to say, you know, my bad guys. Um, but I think you're seeing the team – you see the team's potential – when you have Caleb Love playing at that all ACC type level. And when you're, when you're looking at Caleb Love, this team, you know what you're going to get with Armando Baycott, but this team kind of goes as Caleb Love goes. And, and don't look now in, in the month of February, he's shooting 42% from three. So uh, this team, you've seen the last two times we've done this podcast, you've seen the, the highs of, what this North Carolina team could look like. And you've seen the lows of what this North Carolina team could look like. And they're probably somewhere in the middle of the, the home court really helps out at the college level. Um, but I think today was a, a positive sign to see this North Carolina team. And in particular, see Caleb Love play the way he did. Yeah. Love 23.7 of 12 shooting six of nine threes. I mean, I think the other day he had 
26 or 28 points on about that many shots today, 23. Dewey, what's the difference? I don't know that I have that answer, but let, let this be the game. Let this be the one, because we've talked a lot on this podcast that I was waiting for Caleb to come out of his slump, and clearly he did. He was terrific. And it wasn't just him. We got a good lift out of some of the players off the bench, too. DeMarco gave positive minutes in the first half. Puff, Puff gave positive minutes. Uh, it didn't have to just be relying on the starting backcourt on Armando. So that was nice. Obviously, Pete struggled, and uh, we, we need him to, to snap out of it. But we got contributions from guys off the bench. Uh, as we talked about, Coach Williams used to always say, you've got to contribute. You've got to help. It's got to be an addition when I put you in the game. And, uh, and those guys gave us a lift. And then, obviously, as, as Vip was saying, Caleb was the best player on the floor and uh, really controlled the tempo, shot the ball great. Everything does look better when it goes in the basket. Um, let this be the one. Let this be the game that turns it around. Yep, Carolina came in um, just on a terrible string of shooting. 15 for 33 today, 45%, 48% overall for the game. Uh, you know, and seven turnovers, which I like seeing that. Vip and Justin Jackson is with us. He's in and out a little bit, having some of those internet issues as we've all had before. But Vip, when you look at Caleb and RJ, I always say, and Dewey, I want you on this as well, but I always say Baycott needs to have more shots than the average between Caleb and RJ. Today, Baycott had 11 shots. They both had 12, so a little under that. But this is the first game um, that I felt like the, the big three were, were completely in sync. Do you think that Wake Forest talk after the fact and this week of practice has something to do with that, or it just happened to happen? Uh, it's, it's probably some combination of the two. I think the team's sense of urgency looked looked a bit higher, and that's probably to be expected after they got embarrassed the way they did against Wake Forest. And they're in the locker room for 40 minutes after the game before reporters can even get the chance to talk to them. But I also think it's a case of, like I mentioned, Caleb Love playing under control, RJ Davis playing under control, those guys looking to get downhill and attack the basket. And then I think what you saw today was a more stretched out floor when Carolina does hit 15 threes and it opens up a lot more lanes for people to go through. And I think that another takeaway that I, I had was Puff Johnson. Like if he's healthy, his minutes are, are just going to keep going up and up because that corner three, he, he's pretty reliable at that corner three. He plays with a ton of energy. He's crashing the offensive glass. So I think my, my two biggest takeaways from this game were one, Caleb Love, one of the best games I've seen him play in a Carolina uniform. And then two, Puff Johnson needs to play more. And the, the catch with him is he's normally been hurt, but if he could stay healthy, he, he needs to be somebody who's getting in the rotation. Yeah, Justin, can you hear us? Live radio, folks. We'll stick with it. We'll hope to get him in. Dewey, Puff, 18 minutes, eight points, three rebounds, two assists. Felt like he had more than that. Um, how important is he? to this team, like Vip saying, especially with Pete Nance, 0 for 7, 0 points. Uh, I mean, Puff, is Puff that replacement? Is Puff the Nance replacement? 
Sure. I, I think he, with him on the floor, that's probably our best five. Uh, I think there's a, enough of a, a body of work here that suggests that when he's healthy and, uh, and able to be at full strength, that he's one of our best five. I think that's fair. Uh, he just hasn't been healthy, as Vip said. I mean, we just haven't been able to keep him on the floor consistently to find any rhythm. Uh, but I love the lineup of RJ, Caleb, Puff, Leakey, and Mondo. I think we're a little bit more athletic. We're quicker. We're better defensively. Uh, there aren't too many teams that throw two bigs at you anyway. Uh, so a lot of times Nance is out of position um, with who he's guarding. And so that that's that's our best five, in my view. And obviously gives us another shooter. Uh, gives us a lefty on the floor. Uh, we talked way early in the season when he was healthy that Puff does a good job, just kind of creates chaos in a good way. Um, he, he finds himself in the mix and around the ball a lot. Uh, he's critical, and we've missed him dearly during this this struggling uh, last several games. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than just let, let this be the one that turns it around and, and that we are able to play at the level we are capable I'm going to bring Justin in here. Justin, I hope you can hear the question. Um, we opened the show talking about Caleb Love and, and how he shot it so poorly and now he shoot, shot it so well the last couple of days or last couple of games. You're a shooter. What's that mindset? I mean, what's the feeling when you go from can't hit a thing to all of a sudden you're, you're piping hot? What's going on in Caleb's head, you think? Um, I mean, I think number one, I think it goes back to, I think y'all had mentioned it um, just right before this, uh, Vip had mentioned how much more he was locked in defensively. Um, I think you see Caleb, Caleb is, it seems to me is more of a player that when his energy level on, on the defensive end is all the way there, um, it's almost like it gets his offensive juices flowing. Um, you're just more engaged into the game. Um, and it gives you um, offense just kind of seems to come a little easier um, as a shooter going from not being able to throw the ball in the ocean to all of a sudden you see the ball go through a couple of times consecutively. Um, there's really no better feeling um, when it comes to basketball. Uh, so I'm sure he, uh, after he probably saw the, you know, the third or fourth three go in, he felt like it was his day. Um, so I think like, uh, like Dewey mentioned, hopefully this is kind of the momentum game that they can use to you know get hot just like they did last year uh, and keep this thing going and, and playing in, in the right direction vip the defensive end you, you talked about it, justin mentioned it that seems to be the key for this team right it, and i mentioned that on the on the beat live and justin i muted you on our side but on the on the beat live thursday night and on the inside carolina live today i said you know yeah, they haven't shot it well, but they've had opportunities to win games. And everybody says, well, if they just hit one more shot against Pitt or one more shot against Duke. And I, and my, my thought was if they just made one more stop against those teams, they could have won. Shot it great today. It led to a good offensive day. But the defense against Clemson, Clemson looked like they could barely get a good shot. They got some open looks. But when it came down to it, especially in the second half, that engagement on defense, I think, is, is what carries this team forward, especially Monday night, right, Bip? Against Pitt and against Wake Forest, a lot of those teams' points were just free access to the basket. And I think the point you hit on, Tommy, was that Carolina really made Clemson work for, for every look that they were going to get. 
RJ Davis. He he's undersized, but he's willing to fight in there and he's willing to take charges. That is a huge plus for this Carolina team. And the the fact that he's willing to put his body on the line for this North Carolina team is a, is a huge plus. And the other thing from the defensive end outside of Caleb Love, just being more engaged, I think this was Leakey's best game as a defender this season. I think he's had this reputation of, being Carolina's best defender, you know, lockdown leaky. He's gone through sometimes this year. Uh, the the pit game is the first one that comes to mind where where Burton was really having his way against him. Where you're watching it and you're like, this something doesn't look right for the defender that we've come to know leaky as. But today against um, Hunter Tyson, Hunter Tyson's averaging 16 points per game, one of the top scorers in the ACC. He has three points and he's held to. Um, just I think two field goal attempts I think he was one for two from the field Um, so he he's never going to be a huge contributor on the offensive end outside of those corner threes on on the kicks and maybe the occasional drive but if you're getting this type of defense from Leakey it makes those five on four type scenarios on offense a lot more livable if he's taking away somebody like Hunter Tyson and, and making him, you know, an essential, essentially a, a non-factor for that Clemson offense and and cutting off Clemson's offense at, at the head. Yeah, I mean, Tyson, one for two. He's their best player. You know, for, uh, P.J. Hall's good as well, but Tyson been talked about as an all-ACC player and definitely – um, had some discussion as ACC player of the year, one for two and only seven rebounds. I mean, he averages eight defensive rebounds a game, so they shut him down completely, a big part of that leaky. Let, let me ask you a question, Justin, and, and both of you guys, because you both played on two different Carolina teams, um, but you had two bigs on the floor, and a lot of questions in the chat, and Justin, I'll start with you, is can Baycott and Jalen Washington coexist on the floor together? Have you seen anything that would lead you to believe that in this roster? Not necessarily. I can't imagine Hubert Davis doing it, but if he decided to, would it work? Uh, do you want me to take it first? You can. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll just say he hasn't shown, meaning Coach Davis, he hasn't shown a propensity to play those guys together very much. I mean, a couple spots, but he seems to like more – uh, more of a, I mean, I guess Jalen is a stretch four or five because he can shoot it. Um, but I think Puff's going to play more minutes alongside Mondo uh, if he stays healthy. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it, except it, it does, it can clog the lane a little bit, which is which is an emphasis of Hubert's offense is more of a spread four out, even five out. Um, so that would be my response to that. But I, I think, look, a lot of the, 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 the point of that, that, that people are trying um, to make is like Pete's struggling and he shouldn't play. That's not going to happen, right? He, he's going to be, Pete's going to continue to play, probably can continue to start. He had a bad shooting night, uh, but he can still bring us value. We just need him to snap out of it, but they're not all of a sudden going to sit Pete down and start playing Jalen and Mondo together for 25 minutes. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Justin, what do you think there? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of go kind of the same with um, with Dewey. I think I'm honestly, as far as uh, skill set and skills go, um, I actually am a big fan of Jalen Washington. I think, uh, obviously, like you mentioned, it's not that Pete is just going to not play um, at all. Uh, so I think it's a matter of um, – I think it's a matter of him continuing to develop. Um, I think it's a matter of, you know, kind of seeing in spurts what he can do alongside Mondo. Um, but I think, honestly, I think Jalen is more of a, you know, after this season type guy, um, especially with kind of how we've seen Coach Davis doing substitution patterns and his his minutes. But I'm honestly, I'm kind of in the, you know, I'm in the the boat of let's see how let's see how you know Jalen can actually help this team a little bit more. But um, you know, obviously, we'll see what Coach Davis decides to do. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I I'm curious what you guys do think when you look at the the best when you look at the the skills that all the the bigs bring. Who do you think would be the best pair with Baycott between? Nance, Puff, um, and then Jalen, I guess, when you're considering what they're good at and, and where they struggle. Uh, me personally, um, it's whoever brings that extra shooting punch. Um, you know, I think Jalen has shown that he can kind of shoot the mid-range um, pretty well. You know, we've seen him we've seen him shoot a few threes and kind of extend his range out there a little bit too. Um, but we just haven't had a big enough sample size to really know that. Um, you know, then obviously Pete has had his games where he's, you know, he started out the season shooting it really well. Um, and then he's had his games where, you know, he just can't really find it. Um, and then Puff, you know, it's just a matter of, okay, he's a little smaller than those other two. And can he be consistent shooting? And I think this whole team, it's based off of how much shooting can you get on the floor around Mondo? Um and to create driving lanes for RJ and Caleb. And so whichever of the three gives that best type of punch, I think that's, for me, that would be the best pair with with Mondo. Dewey, you agreeing with that? Yeah, look, uh, the only thing Puff gives up is a little bit of size, right? He's a better shooter, and uh, he's more athletic. He can slash. 
Uh, he can create some turnovers defensively with his length. He's not bad on the offensive glass. Uh, and he just overall moves better, right? So as I was saying, uh, the five of Mondo, Puff, Leaky, RJ, and Caleb, to me, is our best five. We're the most dynamic, the most athletic, the fastest. We can play and transition best with that group. Uh, but it's just been Puff's health. So hopefully he feels good. No more uh, no more knee issues, not getting banged up, and, and can be a part of this stretch run. Um, you know, some of the other questions that are in the chat, just asking – if we changed anything offensively or changed anything defensively, I, you know, nothing really notable to me in terms of scheme. Uh, we run all the same sets offensively. Uh, I just felt like uh, Caleb made great decisions in space. Um, off the bounce, he was under control. No wild passes. Obviously, he made a bunch of threes, but I thought he was on balance on all of them. Uh, he only took the one kind of heat check three. Uh other than that, he was really under control. RJ took good, clean looks. Uh, we, we had a little bit better pace to us. And it's just, I don't know, it's so hard to understand this team sometimes because you see what we're capable of and how they played. And then I, I feel like I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. I mean, and it's the same team that scored 57 points in Cameron. I can't figure it out. So I, I, it's just hard. You know, you just hope, again, that this is the stepping stone into – uh, this is how we're going to play moving forward. And even if we don't shoot the ball well, the shot quality was really good. And we all know that when we take good shots, even if we miss, we've got a great chance to offensive rebound. Uh, this is the way – this was Carolina basketball today. And it's been a while since I think we've been able to say that. So, uh, so we'll see. I think my guy Hoots – I think his heart rate will come down a little bit. That's good. <laughs> We were laughing before you got on, Dewey, that you were you said over and over 57 points. 50, 50, God, 57 points in Cameron, and then, then you bring it up there. You about made me spit my drink out. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, it is. You're, you're 100% right. I, I mean, and that's what's maddening about watching this bunch is that they can put an egg up like that, and then they can play like this, um, and they don't do it with any consistency. Let me ask another question, and I threw it up when you were talking because I thought you were going to go there. And, Justin, I'll ask it for you. Uh, did they appear to guard Clemson any differently than they have been? I didn't notice a ton of drop coverage, maybe maybe some early, but what did you see defensively, Justin, that Carolina was able to do and have that success? It's funny because, you know, Y'all mentioned the whole, you know, it's just hard to understand this team and what we're going to have night in and night out. And it goes both sides, right? Like some nights you just don't know if we're going to be able to score. Other nights you don't know if we're going to guard. Um, and I think, you know, this game today was kind of the perfect picture of them locked in doing both. I don't think there was any real change defensively. I think it was just you saw – Minor things such as Caleb and RJ climbing into the ball when a pick and roll when a, when a screen was coming and you know not coming down as free on the bigs and obviously the bigs were more engaged and ready to guard um, and so I think today was just like it was the perfect culmination of okay this is this is the North Carolina team that we've seen be really good on both ends of the floor and you know I think this is how they are you know we're supposed to be doing it all the games before this and especially the three game losing streak before this game. Um, and so I was just, I think it was just an intentionality from the guards and 
you know, the bigs of when the pick and roll was coming. All right, we got to guard this. We got to get up into the ball. And then, you know, as the bigs, we got to move our feet a little bit. All right, looking ahead, guys. Uh, Carolina, quick turnaround. NCAA tournament turnaround against Miami. Miami plays Louisville tonight, I believe. Um, yep. So a virtual bye. Um, even though Louisville's not terrible at home, I think that game's in Coral Gables. Um, but Vip, Carolina got this one. Right, so they had to get two of three in the next three. They got the first one. What do you see against Miami? I mean, from when I've watched Miami, those they've got some dogs, and they can play. And they give Carolina the the their strengths are what gives Carolina trouble. So, Vip, I'll let you start Carolina Miami, and then sort of maybe look ahead, maybe even Carolina NC State. It's going to be a tough matchup for Carolina against Miami. One because. I think the the biggest difference between this Miami team and Miami teams that we've kind of seen in the past is this Miami team, like when you watch them against Duke, like they're they're just more athletic than than a Duke team. And I feel like we've never really been able to say that. And they have uh, a couple of great guards in, in Miller and Wong. Uh, Nigel Pack, the, the transfers, playing really well. Um, they have a few forwards that really run up and down the court well. But I think the the positive for this North Carolina team is that it is a game in Chapel Hill. Miami has not lost at home yet this year. On the road, it, it's kind of a different story, and it's kind of a different story no matter where you go in college basketball. I think the, the NC State game in Raleigh is going to be a bigger test for this team than the Miami game. You saw it today when, when people were shocked that Carolina was a seven point favorite. I, I was one of them who, who was kind of shocked at first, but when you start to think about it, Carolina has the home court advantage. Um, so for me, I think the Miami game is going to be tough, but the game that I'm looking forward to seeing more is Carolina going to Raleigh and seeing how that team handles the adversity of playing in the road in a, in a hostile environment, something that they've struggled at times to do this year. Justin, Carolina, Miami, and then Carolina, NC State in Raleigh. Do you agree with Vip that maybe um, Miami's a little easier um, than the NC State game? From my experience with Miami, it's never a fun game. Um but uh, I think kind of what Vip is talking about, I think it is, it's very key. Um, you know, whether it was just the team themselves today with their intentionality and engagement into the game, or if it was, you know, having the fans back in them and the energy that they had, I think that totally changes the tone of the game. Um, so against Miami, obviously, it's going to be a tough game no matter what, um, you know, venue you're playing at. But I think it is more interesting to see how they go to NC State um, obviously the first game in the Dean Dome, they beat up on them a little bit, um, you know, knocked out basically their best player um, early in the game. So I think it's, uh, you know, I think that game is going to be definitely one to to watch and see. But obviously there's no games um, that, you know, especially this North Carolina team can kind of hit the snooze button on, um, especially from here on out if they want to try to make, you know, get the best seed they can possibly get going into the tournament. So, um, you know, I think both games are going to be good, but that NC State game is going to be really good, I think. Indeed. Dewey, close, close us out here. Carolina uh, gets the first one of the three. Got Miami on Monday night, NC State 
next i guess next sunday because the ice hockey game the outside ice hockey game is saturday um what you think give me sort of a preview of this week from your perspective yeah look we unfortunately are not in a position where we can really drop any games uh and so uh i don't think they'll uh, be looking ahead to state. Not that, that that's what you guys were suggesting um, because obviously I have my eye on that one too. It's always hostile over there and we've had such great success in Raleigh over the years, but uh, we're in a position where our backs are, are right up against the wall. And they talked about it the whole time during the telecast today that, you know, if we had lost, we were dropping to first four out. Um, and Lenardi is usually pretty close to right on, uh, on his tournament selection. So obviously we needed it tonight, but we need them all. Uh, we got six games left. We'd feel great if you went six and zero or five and one. Um, but everybody's pointed to this three-game cluster. And when I was thinking about uh, getting ready for this podcast, it is nice that these two games are at home because the three-game losing streak was brutal, and obviously they they questioned a lot about where this team was going after that weight loss. So to have these two games at home, thought the crowd was great. We gave them a reason to be great. Uh, we need that again on Monday from the crowd to give these guys a lift. Uh, but they have absolutely zero margin for error. And so it is a quick turnaround. Tomorrow will be light practice and uh, you gear right up for Monday. And then you got a little bit of a break, you know, six days between that and the state game. So just like we talked about with the Syracuse win when they had eight days, even though they then played awful when we came back from that eight day break, um, the six days will give everybody a chance to get a little recovery and then be ready to go into Raleigh. So uh, it's easy to say, got to have it on Monday, but we got to have them all. Yep. Like Baycott said after Wake Forest, their backs against the wall. They got the first one, 91 71 over Clemson in the Smith Center. Uh, pretty solid effort from everybody all the way around. 17 assists, too. I think that's about double what Carolina's had in the past two or three games combined. So sharing the basketball, playing some defense. Dewey Burke. Justin Jackson, appreciate him joining the show here. Um, a lot going on in your world, Justin, um, but I appreciate you taking the time. And, of course, always Taylor Vipolis joining me. I'm Tommy Ashley. Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. We'll be back, I guess, uh, Monday night, post game, Miami and Carolina in the Smith Center. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. Thanks, guys. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.